Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with entrepreneur, innovator, and mental health change maker, Alan Cox. He is on a mission to transform the narrative around mental health and empower millions of people to achieve mental fitness. With over 30 years of experience in entrepreneurship and innovation, Alan combines his professional expertise with his personal mental health journey to bring a unique lens to addressing the mental health challenges that plague our society. Over the past decade, Alan has immersed himself in the study of the mind, exploring Taoism, Buddhism, psychology, and neuroscience. He's got a great story. Enjoy this interview. Hey, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Where, where, where are you calling in from? Or where are you based? I am right in the middle of the United States of America. I'm in Kansas City. Right, nice. And how, how's Kansas these days? Kansas City is a is a city that is surprising me in a way I never thought that I would ever be this bespeckled by what's going on. I've been here my whole life. We just had the NFL draft. We're getting the World Cup here in about three or four years. Like we're turning into this metropolis, and right. it's really really cool to see. So awesome. awesome. And where are you located? I'm based in Christchurch in New Zealand. Oh man, New Zealand! What a wonderful, magical place. I've never been there, but I have only heard good things. Yeah, you, yeah, you need, you definitely need to come. So I'm, I'm so Christchurch is so basically. I'm not sure if you know, but New Zealand is split into like two: the North Island and the South Island. Yeah, and um, yeah, we're on the, basically halfway down the South Island, um, and. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Like if you've seen if you've seen Lord of the Rings, you've you've seen a lot of New Zealand. You got it. So years ago, when I was in my bachelor days in my twenties, I lived downtown, and my roommate, yeah. one of my best friends, uh, worked at a I can't remember what kind of it was some kind of engineering shop. Well, one of the guys, his name was Andreas, and he was from Christchurch, and his right. parents owned a pita manufacturing company. So we ate pita all the time. It was the it was the best thing in the world. We put everything in pita. <laughs> it was great. But he was right. from there and he extolled the virtues. He was a pilot and he absolutely loved New Zealand. And I think once he was done working here for a while, he just he got out of the States and went back home. Yeah, I, I think it's what um it's one of those things that I mean, I, I've, I've heard the story like a thousand times that um, people have, say, come here to um, go on holiday and then they've just caught the bug, you know, and they've yeah. just seen how nice the people are and how safe it is and all those kinds of things, you know, so. Yeah, so, so, that's wonderful. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, we, we, it was a bit of a, like, um, it's a bit of a like I don't know, not so much a strange story, but we, we, um, me and my wife were like very busy working in the UK, and we actually uh, I, we was working for a company, um, so we we basically was like the middleman selling very high tech um, um, equipment that came out of uh, San Marcos in um, California. Yeah, um, and we was doing a very very large project, and there was we had to basically go out a couple of times where we took the client out to make sure that everything was going to plan. 
it was it was basically instrumentate it was basically um do you know do you know the the cooling water that goes into a nuclear reactor yeah right? yeah yeah the equipment is what basically was measuring the level of that so it's like hy hyper hyper critical to get it right yeah 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 and um um, I, I went out the first time for about three weeks and I just was blown away by like the, you know, in, in the, U I think there's this phrase, like in the UK, you live to work, like you don't really get much of a life at, outside work, but in the, in the United States, like it was like, it, it was very much work to live, you know, like there, it was, there was a lot more um you know good times outside of work you know yeah. and um and i went back told my wife all about it and uh said oh you know and anyway it kind of all got forgotten and then um because i'd had quite a good year with the company um and the project still wasn't finished they wanted to send me out again and they said we'd like to shout your wife to go out with you um and um and she got to see it her first first hand and uh so we back we went actually back to the uk um and we pretty much started looking at how to get into the united states and then we bumped into an old you know call it serendipity whatever um we bumped into an old friend of ours um that we hadn't seen for at least five or six years and he said, oh, what, what books have you got? And we told him it's all about how to get a green card and all that. And he said, have you heard of New Zealand? And um, he said, because they're, they're actively looking for people right now. And apart from, you know, anchor butter and New Zealand lamb, we had no idea what New Zealand was, right? Yeah. Um, and then once we started looking into it, it just looked like this magical place. And I was actually encouraged, you know, they actually wanted more people at the time. So I was really lucky. And um, yeah, that, that was the story. That was that's how we ended up uh, coming here. That's wonderful. So we're going to work back from that. I'm glad you painted that picture for me. So I want to start first and foremost with COVID. The last three years has been quite a thing. And all the different countries in the world had their own approach, but it did affect us all personally. How did you get through that time period and how has it changed the way that you do things now? How, sorry, what's the question? How about COVID? Sorry. How did you get through the COVID time period now that the world's waking up and how has it changed you? Um, I think, to, to be honest, um, like many years before COVID, like um, about 10 years prior, I'd need, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd already had decades of poor mental health and um, um, I nearly got killed in a, an earth, the earthquakes here. Uh, I had a ma massive mental breakdown and I'd, and I'd been on a journey of mental transformation really over a period of 10 years before COVID arrived. And I, I had already seen the magic that happens when you um, basically pay more attention to your inner world. Um, so when, when COVID hit, um, and just as a kind of a quick side note, I, I was already kind of going through quite a, um, a tough situation because the, the, bus the business that I was 
running, you know, this 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 Airvy Yellow app that I'm working on now, um, that was going through some real pain points because a lot of the developers are, you know, I've got this investment, developers are uh, delivered a can of worms. So I'm, I'm already in this kind of um, um, zone of kind of, you know, a lot of crap going on really and yeah. then and then and then the christmas before covid i got that dreaded call from the uk um, saying mum's been diagnosed with terminal cancer so I, I went over to the uk so um by the time so i was actually before covid happened um or actually while it was happening because i think it kind of emerged in Wuhan or something around yeah. Christmas time, didn't it? Yeah. And so all while that's going on, I'm basically watching my mum fade away in a um in a um hospice. <clears throat> and um and yeah so so when 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 COVID actually kind of properly hit, like we I, I had to kind of rush home otherwise there was a there was a a real chance that I would have been stranded in the UK, and and many thousands were. Um, yeah, when when COVID hit, um, the I think given everything that had gone on and the fact that I had you know very very high resilience and I see the world quite differently to what perhaps most people do. You know, um, I don't I don't look at things as being like oh this is going to be the worst outcome I, I can't you know from my own life history um i know that however big things are i know that there's i'm just in the middle of a passing storm and that even when i'm in the storm there's still stars and blue skies and sunshine up above you know um yeah. so yeah um i actually Ironically, I actually really enjoyed the time when COVID was going on because um, I got to spend a lot of time with my wife uh, at home, um, you know, after just having been away from her for three months. Um, and I really enjoyed the time, you know, um, yep. putting your mask on and you was allowed to go out for walks. And we we, we literally, we've, we're absolutely blessed because we live right next to a river and a really lovely park um got lovely like not not a mountain range but kind of in in our backdrop here and it, it just couldn't it was it was a nice time you know i just I, I probably got more work done than if i was to go into the office yeah um yeah so it was i found i found it quite easy yeah no i think there was a lot of silver linings for people so let me ask you this if I put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day and one of the kids looks up at you and says, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? Um, I, I, that's a good question. I've not actually had to do that. So you've ca caught me on the hop a little bit. <laughs> um, I pro I'd probably say that I'm the founder of an impact venture, um, which is, you know, we're, we're focused on social good. Um, and the product that we're building is a mental fitness app that helps um, any person um, 
develop resilience and uh, mental fitness really easily with uh, little effort. Um, and so that's basically what I do. So what did you want to be when you were in the third grade? What was your dream? Um, okay, so when I was at school, I was, I mean, in a way, this is part of my um, mental health backstory, really. You know, I had quite an abusive childhood. And when it got to um, got to that stage where you have to kind of pick your subjects to do in the final last two years at school, um, I, I was, I'm a creative person person you know if you my dna is is creative um i can't remember if that's left brain or right brain you tell me um but i'm i was firmly in one way you know all i wanted to do was art history um woodwork all of that soft stuff right and i chose all of those as my choices and I kind of got a proverbial slap around the head by my parents. I mean, they, they, looking back, they were probably working class. They wanted to, they wanted to see something better of me, maybe. And um, and they they basically forced me into doing thing, into learning things I didn't really want to do. Um, so I I failed all my exams. So I, I you know when I was kind of in that position of thinking, what do I want to be? Um, I was actually already then very confused about my identity because I was like, you know, I guess deep down in my heart, I probably wanted to be an artist or a designer. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, I mean, our, our um, I remember going to see the career advisors and they like, it was like next to hopeless. Right. Um, and yeah, when I failed all my exams, um, you know, my parents came in again, helped me out in quotes, and um, they 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 got me into an apprenticeship with Marconi Avionics, doing an electronics apprenticeship, which again is completely the wrong side of the brain for me. Um, I got through it okay, and and now um, yeah, um, so. The the short sorry the long answer really is I ha I had no idea I was confused. So, who were some role models or heroes for you growing up? Um, the main one that comes to mind is my grandfather. Um, you know he was he was always there for me. He always had time for me. Um, yeah, um, he was. He was always, you know, incredibly patient, all of those things. Um, yeah, that, that, that's probably who I'd say. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Oh, that's an awesome question. Um, I think, yeah, um, there's probably so many. Um, I, I'd love to spend... I'd, I'd love to if I could speak his language I'd love to spend time with you know someone like Gandhi for example who somehow through incredible turbulence managed to you know um, still be a wonderful person um, 
Martin Luther King, uh, Muhammad Ali. You know, there's. I, I would, if I was given, if I was faced with the choice, and they said, look, just pick one. I think I'd find that really difficult. Um, yeah. And another one would probably be um, Winston Churchill as well. Um, I used to live um, very close to his uh, home in Kent, um, and I know. I know that they're, you know, pr probably like anyone during the World War era, there's always going to be negative parts of their story. Um, but again, I think he's someone that showed incredible courage and had to make some incredibly tough decisions um, kind of for the greater good that he could see. Um, and yeah, that, that's probably another person. So every day you wake up and you look at your day and what you have to do, what motivates you? What's the ultimate motivator for you to get to the end of the day and to feel good about what you've done? So Neil, so I've made it my mission to help as many millions of people as I can achieve the life that I'm now having as a result of having um, strong mental fitness um, and kind of just just for the like listeners to um, put that in perspective um, if I know I'm not I'm not talking about say mental illness like say schizophrenia or anything like that but if you talk about general mental well-being on a, say a one to ten um, Around the three mark is where if you were, say, feeling, I don't know, maybe depressed or something and you went to see a doctor, they would give you an assessment. And if you're if you're below a three, they probably you, you are diagnosed as being mentally unwell and they would probably give you antidepressants. If you're above a three, um, they would say, no, you're, you're actually you're actually fine. You know, and so you're 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 technically mentally well. Um but you need to you need to kind of um, take some time off and um, and whatever um, slow down a bit. Um, what I later discovered is that most of us are around the five point five mark. That's where that's if you draw a bell a bell curve. Um, most of us are you know like most of us are between like four and six, right? Like the the massive percentage of the population between four or six and I, and I call that being just okay right and the, the this is literally billions of people in the world that are going through the motions of life and not particularly happy not not particularly you know sad either but um I, I draw this analogy of they're, they're like a a mouse that's on like a treadmill where you just keep on going and because you're on this tre on, on this you know the roller wheel things you just can't you can't you can't see anything else right and but once i stop stop stepped off of that and i started reframing my thoughts my feelings my behaviors and 
basically made my work, my mind, my operating system in my head work a lot better for me. Um, my life just changed incredibly in what, you know, like I could go on for an hour. Um, my my um, relationship with my wife dramatically improved. You know, things that she would do that annoyed me now make me smile. Um I, I very rarely get sick. You know, I've not had COVID. Um, I, you know, when things happen, like, say, someone cutting across me in their car or something like that, it just doesn't, it, you know, I, I don't, there's no reaction whatsoever. It, it's happened, it's happened, you know. And it, it's just it's just a wonderful place to be. You know, your, your your productivity goes up, your motivation goes up, your energy goes up, and and I think it was just it was it's been such an amazing eye opener for me that oh my god this this is wonderful, right? I, I want I want other people to have this. You know, just 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 imagine what society and the world would be like. Just imagine how businesses would run better if say everyone just had a little bit of this right you know um so yeah um that's why i kind of went on on this mission and um and and that's that's why we created the app to kind of help people do that seems as though covid really brought mental health to the forefront it seems probably as though this is a very ideal time to have an app and to help people um, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, to, to be honest, um, the I'm not necessarily saying this in like a bad way. Uh, like there was like there was ill intent. But when when things like this happen, you you suddenly get a flood of people thinking, "Oh, let's make an app for that." Right? Yeah. You know, there's there's literally an app for everything. So. Actually, because uh, because we, we we actually started um, the design and development of this app like way way like to about two two or three years before COVID, and um, and COVID actually made it harder for us because like you know there was just so much noise you know and um, and 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 really that kind of caused a big problem because what what um, you know the the, pro- the problem that we're actually solving is that there's very little evidence that any of these apps actually work, right? That um, there's there's multiple, you know, very large research studies done. You know, go, go on Google and find them um, where they've 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 looked at all the data. They've you know they've they've done um, comparative studies between very large cohorts of people that are using, you know, say the top 30 mental well-being apps as um, as opposed to people that are doing not, uh, not doing nothing. And there's no statistical difference. And um, and also the the number of people that basically abandon these apps within a week or two is just astonishingly bad. You know, like um even the best performing apps, only 3.6% of people are still using them after two weeks. So that that was really the eye-opener for me, thinking, you know, there's there's literally billions of people that, you know, whether it's stress, burnout, 
just feeling lost or whatever it is. Um, there's literally billions of people in the world that are struggling with their mental well-being. They um, and they and, and they don't have apps to support them. So um, yeah, you are right, but it kind of it, it also didn't help as well. So let me ask you this: Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you're the one in control. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? Um, I th I think. I mean, I know it sounds um, a strange answer, but um, I am I am kind of the the soul that's inside me. You know, I, I don't I don't um, I don't because of what I've learned. Um, I don't see my identity as what I look like or what I do. You know, um, like if you. Um, like I have these conversations with people, and I say a similar thing. So, 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 who who are you? You know, and and they say, oh well, I'm I, I'm a a builder or whatever. And I say, okay, so if you wasn't a builder, would you stop being you, right? And they kind of step back, you know. And so I say, so if you take your career away, who are you? You know, and, and I keep on going down, and then that, then they say, well, I'm this flesh and bone I said okay so if I if I chopped your arms and legs off would you stop being you you know um so yeah I I kind of yeah without sounding kind of too woo and spiritual kind of thing I I, I now feel that I am this you know um honest loving creative being that um just exists whatever whatever piece of flesh that i'm in that's wonderful so alan if anyone wants to get the app learn more about you and what you're doing your mission what where can they go well if they want to talk to me they can um go to linkedin and just google my name alan cox um not google my name search for my name on linkedin um and if they want to if they want to just learn about the app, um, they can go to everyellow.com. Um, and but if they just want to download the app and give it a go, um, they can just go straight to the app store and download it now. Um, because we're a social mission, we believe that money should never be a barrier to well-being. So the free version of our app is um you know, it's, it's comprehensive and it doesn't expire. So you can you can use it forever for free. Um, um, we have a that, you know, gives you more content, more features. And um, and because we are a social mission, um, we just say, look, if, if you can afford to pay, it'd be really appreciated if you do. Um, and for, you know, especially for organizations and businesses, we've, we've also got, We've also got a business offering where you can provide the premium version to your people. But what we also can do is we can aggregate and anonymize the data um, so that without even having to ask your people about doing well-being surveys, we can we can provide like a, a continuous temperature check on, on the well-being of your people as well. So you know, if you're a if you're a company that wants to 
that well um, basically wants to lead well-being and wants to improve the well-being of their people then yeah uh, come and talk to me sounds great alan this is great thank you for opening up thank you for your time best of luck with the mission and everything you're doing Thank you very much indeed. Nice talking to you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.